Social media is buzzing with those who call themselves influencers. Influencers often attract followers by drawing attention by what they do, where they visit, and ultimately themselves. Join the Care Pastors in this five-week series entitled Influencers, where they will discuss how to be an influencer not for yourself, but for God and His kingdom. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. And um, we're glad to be with you and um, excited about uh, week three of our series. And the usual cast is here. Josh Masters. That's me. Doug Wildman. Hey there. I'm Gene Beckner. And as always, at the helm, are we calling her a helmsman? Helmswoman? Helmswoman. Helms lady folk. Or just magical, Marissa. Is that better? There's there's no helm. Okay. Like, seriously, you guys don't know how good she's making us sound. She's awesome. We are appreciative of her being here. Um, So, yeah, we're on week three of uh, this series, Influencers. And if you haven't listened to the first two, recommend that you stop and go listen to them. So you'll kind of understand where we are. Uh, First two weeks, quick recap. uh, We said start where you are. And um, people sometimes thinking that uh, in order to have a great influence, they... um, you know, have to have the whole world's attention or they have to have unlimited resources. And, you know, just like anyone else, you have to start where you are and you also have to use what you have. Uh, it doesn't do any good to um, be envious or uh, covet someone else's gifts or resources, but to say, you know what, what do I have? What can I do with what I have? Um, and I always love the stories of, you know, even in the Bible um, where, you know, people... Um, you know, didn't have much, you know, people like Gideon and David, you know, and then they, because they gave their lives to God and he was able to use them in, in mighty ways. Um, and, and I think if those two are, are happening in your life and you kind of grasp those two, uh, like we were talking about before we came on the air, those are more internal and we do need to start on the inside, but now we're going to start looking, um, outward you know, how do I apply um, starting where I am and using what I have to today being um, act on what you see and hear? And um, there's kind of two levels to this. You know, there's the, there's the obvious physical level of seeing or hearing a need that's right in front of you, mm-hmm. but then also how God is maybe drawing your attention to something and how he's opening your ears to um, those things around you. And so as Doug and, and Josh kind of share some examples, I think you'll see how that's going to kind of wind itself um, kind of full circle. Um, I did want to draw your attention to, to Proverbs 2012, which says, um, ears to ear and eyes to see, uh, both come from the Lord. The The New Living Translation translation says both are gifts from the Lord. Mm. And so, you know, even now, um, you can ask God, God, give me eyes to see and give give me ears to hear, you know, increase the, the capacity in me so that, like Galatians 6.10 says, uh, whenever you have the opportunity to do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So, 
uh, like Josh said before we came on the air, the, the opportunity is a big word. The opportunity is there. It's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? It's just a matter of um, are you willing to see it? You know, are you willing to hear it? Are you willing to put yourself in a place where you will hear it and see it? And and Doug is going to kind of talk about a pretty you know familiar story from the Bible where, you know, some of the people in the story took themselves out of being able to mm-hmm. see and hear. Like, they purposely took themselves out of it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, the the story, we've we've talked about this story before here, um, and it's the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, and the basically the question that had come up was, well, who is my neighbor exactly? Mm-hmm. You know, who am I supposed to be neighborly toward? And then Jesus told a story about this this man who had been uh, attacked by by thieves along the road mm-hmm. and uh, basically this is all taken from Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter 10 if you're mm-hmm. wanting to uh, follow along but um, you know he, he basically says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers and they stripped him and they beat him and they went away leaving him half dead and then it goes on and it says and then by chance now i don't i would put little quotes around <laughs> the word chance i don't think that they had uh quotes in in the greek but um but by chance a priest was going down that road and when he saw him he just passed by on the other side so he he not only did he see the man mm. along the side of the road, he purposely went along the other side of the road. So this wasn't it, – it wasn't uh, just, oh, I I just didn't see him there. No, you, you most definitely did see him there, but you just chose to go along the other side of the road. And likewise, a Levite also came uh, to that place and he saw him and he also passed by on the other side. Um, but a Samaritan who was on a journey, so he he also he had something that he had going on, but he was on this journey, and he came across this man, and he saw him, first of all, he saw him, and then he felt compassion. Um, uh, and then he came and he bandaged up his wounds, he poured oil and wine on them, and then he put him um, on his own beast, and then brought him to the inn and they took care of him there. So um, what, why this came to mind was that, you know, oftentimes we have people within our sphere of influence that we see are in need and we don't necessarily always recognize that, hey, this is someone I'm supposed to do something with. Right. Um, you know, maybe we'll even have a thought, oh, that poor person. And yet, what are we doing? If God puts it before us, and as it says, if we are, if we see this person is in need and we don't do anything, um, maybe God is saying to us, "Hey, there's something for you to do." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, consider this: you are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Right. And so, um, with Jesus being our head, a lot of the time He will. He will prompt us and he will point out to us, hey, look, there's this person within your sphere of influence. 
do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as uh, Henry Blackaby said, wherever you see God at work, consider it your open invitation to join him in the work that he is doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that, that was the story that kind of came to my mind. So I think, Josh, you were going to talk about the other part of that, the uh, uh, being spiritually attuned. Yeah, well, the, the story, when we started talking about this, um, this topic, meaning that you start where you are and you use what you have, but then you have to start paying attention to what's going on around you, acting on what you see and hear. Um, the first thing that came to mind to me was this idea that Jesus was constantly being interrupted mm. by what was in front of him. Yeah. And are we willing to be interrupted? Because if we want to be an influencer, and that's what this whole podcast series is about, if we want to be an influencer for Christ, you can't do that without having compassion for people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because what influences people is your care for them, right? And I think it was John Maxwell who's, who said that famous quote, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Right. Um, so the, the story from Scripture that came to me is the story found in Luke chapter 5, when the men lower the paralytic man through the roof where Jesus is teaching. And often that is taught from the perspective of look at the faith that these men had. They would not be stopped when they couldn't get through the crowd. They climbed up to the roof, took the roof apart, lowered the man through the roof. But I think today it's helpful to look at it from Jesus's perspective. So Mm -hmm. Jesus is in this house and he is teaching and he's surrounded by people. And these people sort of forced themselves into his presence. Mm -hmm. And Jesus could have said, I'm in the middle of teaching here. Please set up an appointment. Please see Mary (laughs) and uh, set up an appointment. My office hours will be on Tuesday Mm -hmm. because I'm in the middle of doing something. Right. But no, immediately he turned his attention to the the need Mm -hmm. that literally fell, fell in front of him. Yeah. And in this particular case, Jesus not only meets the physical need, but Mm -hmm. the spiritual need. Mm -hmm. Are we spiritually attuned? Are we looking for the opportunities where we can feed into someone both spiritually and their physical need? Mm -hmm. Now, in this particular case, Jesus met his spiritual need first, and he said, because of your faith, Mm -hmm. your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the Pharisees completely flipped out (laughs) and said, you know, who do you think you are? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus said, well, basically he said, that's that's true. But which is easier, for me to say his sins Mm -hmm. are forgiven or to say that you are healed? So get up because you're healed. Right. Right. And so first he met his spiritual need and then he met his physical need. And sometimes I think it will be in the opposite order, depending on what opportunity God puts in front of you. Mm -hmm. But are you aware of what's in front of you, and are you willing to be interrupted to meet the need that somebody has? Because that man's encounter with Christ became an influence to everyone that was standing there. Mm -hmm. Not just the Pharisees, but everyone was there, saw how Jesus allowed himself to be interrupted and immediately met a need that was put before him. And are we willing to do that same thing? Are we willing to be looking for the opportunities? And are we willing to act on those opportunities? You know, we were talking about this before we came in, Mm -hmm. you know, that sometimes Christians will say, well, 
I see the need, but I'm going to pray about it. Well, you don't need to pray about something that is clear from Scripture, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes Christians use prayer as an excuse to not do what they know God is asking them to do (laughs) in that moment, right? So Scripture is clear that we're supposed to meet the needs of others, and you have the ability to meet that need. Like, we can just act on that, right? right? We should be seeking the integrity to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I find interesting... um, and again, this is Luke five seventeen. We're all over Luke today. <clears throat> I know. Yeah. But it's I find it interesting that it says um, in verse eighteen, um, they the the men who brought this guy couldn't they couldn't get to Jesus. You know, they carried him on the bed and stuff. But it says they looked for a way to take the man into the house where Jesus was. Mm-hmm. So. They didn't allow some circumstance to keep them from getting this guy to, to Christ. Whereas if you go back to the Good Samaritan, the the priest sees it and then and the Levite and they both pass on so they they passed on the other side. So they purposely took themselves yeah. out of the of being able to help. Like it's completely opposite on how they're responding. Exactly. Right? And and the other thing, I'm sorry, were you finished? No, with your just point? I'm noticing that difference as, even as we're talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what's interesting about that is that the Levite and the priest were in probably a better position to help. Yep. Right. Right. And so it's interesting that Jesus chooses the Samaritan, who his original listeners would have thought. Like, well, that's the lowest of the yeah. low. Talk yeah. about flipping like, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd, yeah. they'd be like, that's the most lowest person on the totem pole. So also, as w- before we came into the studio, we were talking about how sometimes we'll say, well, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not in a place mm-hmm. where I can help yet, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not spiritually mature enough or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But here in this example that you gave, Doug, this guy is the lowest of society, right. the, the one that is looked down upon the most. Yep. And he gave what he had, what we talked about last week, yep. right? This is what I do have that I can help you with. I can get you to the right person right. that can help you with your wounds. I can't help with the wounds, but I do have resources. So I'll get you to the person who can help you with your wounds. Mm-hmm. So we we have to also remove the excuse that we're not, quote unquote, ready to serve others. Right. It's interesting. I I read this quote. It said that Jesus was so often interrupted that even his interruptions were interrupted. Yeah. And he he saw the interruptions not as um, sort of a distraction from the real work. They actually were the real work. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, making the most of every opportunity, as we had talked about last week, too. And if we're transparent, even those of us who are in full-time ministry, like really have to examine that because sometimes our schedules get so full and then God will put an opportunity in front of me. I'll talk for myself and I'll be like, ah, I don't have time for this. (laughs) And like, no, this is what you're here for. Right. Is this opportunity, forget the tasks. The opportunity is why you're here right now. So we have to constantly be evaluating what we're trying to do versus what are the opportunities that God is putting right in front of us. Yep. And and for those who might be listening, and again, this this idea of, well, you know, I don't have influence, I don't have a podium, I don't have a, 
you know, a platform to be able to speak and do things. If you notice in both of these stories, the religious leaders are not in very favorable lights, right? Mm -hmm. Because the the Levite, who is kind of a a special, has Mm -hmm. a special anointing from God, right? Mm -hmm. And the priest are the ones who ignore it. And then here comes the Samaritan, like Josh is talking. And then if you go into the story about the and Jesus healing the man, it says that proud religious law keepers and teachers of the law that had come from every town to hear Jesus. And it, then it says some men took a man and lowered him. So they're like nondescript. Yeah. Right. But yet that's, that's where, God worked. And here were all these people who were proud religious leaders and they knew the law and their eyes, they didn't see it. Now, whether they didn't see it or whether their their pride kept them from seeing it, mm-hmm. but it's interesting that what what does the Bible focus on? And in both of these stories, the Bible is focusing on someone that might be overlooked by society, even Christian society. Right, mm-hmm. but in both of those cases, there was a need that was seen, and there was an action that was taken. And I liked what Josh said a little bit earlier. Even if you don't have the resources like these guys, these guys couldn't uh, pardon this man's sins, and they couldn't heal him. They didn't, but they took him to where they knew he would get help, just like the good Samaritan did. The Samaritan did it with the physical needs because the guy had been beaten up, but in this case, it's both physical and spiritual. So. One of our values that we have at Brookwood is to partner with purpose, right? But Jesus is first. We have dignity for all, and then we partner with purpose. Um, There are several people who are in this community of Brookwood who bring me people all the time. They're like, hey, I want to introduce you to Gene. He's in the care department. He's going to be able to help you. I I love that because it's someone that I don't know, and I haven't seen them, but I haven't come across their path before, so I... I didn't see the need, but this person did. Mm-hmm. And so when they bring them, I'm like, hey, thank you for bringing them. And then we try to assess the needs, help them spiritually. And if there's another need, then we do that as well, too. And so um, I, I hope that as we're talking today that the excuses are being kind of taken away. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um because really, ask yourself, is it better to make a mistake, and I use that word in quotes, you know, trying to do something for God versus playing it safe and doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, yes, community is important, and, and hearing from God is very important. Um, you don't want to be reckless, but, you know, asking someone how they're doing, hey, how can I pray for you? Right. Like even asking yourself the question, God, how do you want to use me? Yeah. Right. That's the and we, we talk about this all the time. It's, it's less about ability and more about availability. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think too many people get focused on that. It's got to be perfect or that somehow the results are dependent upon them. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Whereas God wants to do something inside of you during this time, right? Like we've talked about before, you know, if you're faithful, we talked about the talents, right? If you're faithful with little, 
he's going to give more, right? He's going to give you more opportunities. But if but that one, the one guy who didn't do anything with the talent, he was called wicked. Right. Mm-hmm. And so think about it less about, well, this has got to produce results or somehow this has to be a huge blessing where everyone's going to see it, right? Because we're told in Matthew 6, hey, if you're looking for the reward, if you're looking for that earthly reward because of what you're doing, that's all you get, mm-hmm. right? Let It says, let God reward you. Right. Let him be the one. Also, let him be the one that is responsible for the results. Because you may never see something on this side in what you did, the, the, the influence that you may have had, because it may be about you, right? I mean, I've counseled several people who, when it's over, I don't think anything really happened for them. I, don't, I didn't see any change in their circumstances, but something changed in me. Mm, Either yeah. patience grew or some long-suffering grew or some self-control grew in me to where, you know, my compassion may have grown. And then I'm able to look at it later and go, well, huh, maybe that was for me. Now, I have no idea if something happened for the other person. But just like the Samaritan, he doesn't know what happened, but he did what was right. And he took that man to get to get help for his wounds. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now in this case with the with the hand and the, the man down through the roof, they get to see it and it's a miracle. And so you know that something happened inside of them because they got to see the miracle. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that it like what you just said, that part of it is developing compassion in us. And I think part of that influence is showing the compassion is sometimes more valuable than the actual help that you're giving. Right. You know what I mean? So if you give some money to someone who's asking for money on the street, like we were saying mm-hmm. earlier before we came in here, you don't yeah. know what they're going to do with the money. They may do something destructive with the right. money, mm-hmm. but you may be the only compassionate face that they see. You may be the only person who looks at them like a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that may be the value over the five bucks that you give them, yeah. right? Because we're called to show compassion to people. It's about other people. That's the difference between being an influencer for Christ versus being an influencer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Because on Instagram, it's all about me. Mm -hmm. But being an influencer for Christ is about other people. You can't be focused on yourself Mm -hmm. and be an influencer for Christ. All those people, when the reason that Mm. they couldn't get this man on the mat, he's lying on a mat. It's not going to be hard to see. The reason that they can't get him to Christ is because every single person in that crowd was focused on themselves and where they were standing. Mm -hmm. None of them said, hey, there's someone in trouble here, let them through. Mm. They're all focused on themselves, Mm. except for the two men carrying the mat, who said, I'm going to find a way for this other guy. Mm. That's awesome. I don't think there's any uh, coincidences in the kingdom of God. Right. I think we have to... Always bear in mind that everything that we come across is is there by appointment, right. and so um, that that's a challenge for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're talking to God, and then all of a sudden somebody walks in the room, maybe He's wanting you to pay attention right. to you know what's actually going on right in front of you. Um, sometimes I think we we think we we treat things as if they are coincidence mm-hmm. or chance. When in reality, I think, no, it's just because we're not thinking 
with the mind of Christ. Right. Yeah. So, Josh, you were going to um, read to us something that had come to you how long ago? Has it been? I think it's been about two years. Two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago, God put on my heart this prayer, and mm-hmm. it seemed to focus on what we were saying. So mm-hmm. um, the prayer is this. Lord, give me the eyes to see opportunities for compassion, the integrity to meet the need that I see, and then the faith to leave the results in your hands. Mm. And I think that's sort of the three stages of acting on what you see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a prayer God gave me to work on in my own life, Mm -hmm. that first I need to be given God's eyes so I can see the opportunity. And then I need to have the integrity to actually do something about it, which is where most of us fail. Sometimes we'll mm-hmm. see it and then talk ourselves out of meeting the need. Mm. And then leaving the results up to him rather than me trying to control the outcome. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. And so um, with that, I think that's a good place to end. So let's just pray and uh, we're going to come back next week, and we're going to talk about how to guide others toward that same sort of relationship mm-hmm. with God that we're talking about having and being able to influence others. So let's, let's close in prayer. Awesome. Father God, we just thank you that you do give us opportunities, and we repent for the opportunities that we ignore. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to the needs of others, allow us to see others through your eyes instead of through our own. Show us how we can be a help to other people and help us seek you in how you want us to help. Not our own definition, but your definition Mm -hmm. in that moment. And Lord, help us to know that you have a greater plan than we have. Help us to trust the outcome to you and just do the things that you've put in front of us. And Lord, I pray that you would show us how to encourage anyone who is listening that reaches out to us who may be struggling with these things. And we give you praise knowing that you are preparing things even right this moment for when we walk out this door. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you for listening. If we can be an encouragement to you or you just want to connect with us at Brookwood Care Ministries, you can call us at 864 688 8355. Or you can visit us at brookwoodchurch.org slash care.